I'm Lindsay Maloney, and this is the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. I built a six-figure coaching business while raising my three babies and working a nine-to-five, and I'm here to help you break free from the hustle mentality that's been holding you back from reaching your full potential so you can know your worth, step into your own power, and of course, book your dream clients. Welcome back to another episode of the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. Today, we have Kristen Westcott with us, and we're chatting all about time management, how to get out of those growth pains of having too much going on in your business when you're trying to do all the back-end stuff and working with clients. Kristen is amazing, and she has all kinds of advice for us coaches on how we can balance all of that and be effective, high-level coaches to our clients. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Kristen, thank you so much for being on the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. I'm so excited you're with us today. I am so excited to be joining you as well, Lindsay. Thank you. Yeah, I was excited to see you come on. I love filling in gaps and um, showing people that there's so many other experts out there that know so much more than I do, or I love just like really niching in. So I'm excited to share you with everybody. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us all about what you do and who you serve? Okay, so my name is Kristen, and I work with entrepreneurs, um, mostly online coaches and service providers that are they're growing really fast, their businesses are taking off, they've got a full client load, and things are going great, but behind the scenes, they're starting to feel like things are falling apart, like they've kind of been building a house of cards, and one little wind is just going to take it all down mm-hmm. around them, and so I come in and I work with them to help them see how they can build stronger foundations um, by getting their back-end operations in place so that they can scale their team and build a really strong business that they can then grow without having that worry or that stress that one little thing is going to kind of take it out. That's so interesting that you help people who go, who grow really fast. And I'm sure everyone is like, well, how do you grow really fast? What, what is that? What is that one thing that makes people get into that? I think it's kind of probably a rare occasion, but it does happen when you just, you outgrow yourself quickly. What are those things that make that happen for these coaches? Yeah. Well, it's not necessarily that maybe they're growing really, really fast, but it could have taken some time, but now Mm -hmm. they hit that spot that they're growing Mm -hmm. really fast. So I don't want to set the idea that like, you're going to grow that six figure business in 90 days. Like you read on so many Facebook ads. (laughs) Once you dial it in and you hit that spot, then you grow really fast. So I just want to clarify that. And to get to that point, I think what they've done is they've, they've really found their niche market. They've really honed in on their client messaging. And I think that's the biggest thing that so many um, coaches are not resistant to, but they just want to dive right in and start helping people. Mm -hmm. And they're not necessarily going and doing all of the the interviews and talking to so many different people to really kind of get that messaging on point. And once they do that, the rest of their business becomes easy for them because they're no no longer sitting down going, okay, what am I going to write for social? Or, Mm -hmm. oh, I have to get a blog post up this week and I don't know what to write because once they've tuned into their client at that, that additional level, things just all start coming together. And once that messaging is dialed in, that's when they start to see this flood of clients coming in and they're like, Oh my goodness, this is great, but I don't know how I'm going to get them all onboarded and how am I going to serve them all and get all their invoices out. And the the system isn't there to support Mm -hmm. that growth that's come really quickly. Mm, Okay. So what are some other growing pains that they go through? Um, Just onboarding is always a big process. What are some other things? 
uh, it's this idea of like, okay, I've got clients now and this is great, but how do I keep the other side of my business going? How do I keep that lead generation process mm. in place? Or how do I continue to be visible and out there while serving all of these clients that I have? And so it kind of goes in that roller coaster cycle of marketing, 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 and then we get all these clients and then we're serving our clients, but we forget to market. And then their, you know, three month or six month program is finished. And then we're back to like marketing, marketing, marketing mm-hmm. again to bring smart people in. So there is a way that you can keep that marketing, that lead gen going. But if you've had really fast growth, you don't have that system in place yet. Okay. Yeah. I totally see that happening. It's because when we're just starting or we're working on everything, it's, we're sitting behind our computers doing all of the work. And then all of a sudden we have to work with actual human beings, the moment we've all been waiting for. And then it feels like you have to choose between like your children, your clients, or all of the back end stuff that you need to be doing. So what is the next step then? Once they recognize that they have this in quotes problem, what is the next step for them? It's, it's really to kind of have a look at, okay, what, what is taking up my day? So I always have my clients do a time analysis and they all are resistant and push back on this, but I think it's so important to know how you're spending your time throughout your day. And so let's say you have a good, you know, six to eight clients, right? One-on-one clients I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you have coursework, then you can serve a lot more, but let's say you have six to eight weekly clients. Well, you know about six to eight hours you're going to be spending on Zoom, but how much time are you spending preparing and sending follow-up? And how much time are you in your inbox or on social media? And so I think it's really great to do a time analysis. And if you use Google Chrome, there's an extension for toggle and you literally Mm -hmm. just click the button, type in what you're doing and you click start and stop and it tracks your time for you because then you can start to see what it is that you're doing that might not necessarily be a priority when you have a high client load. Um, Instead of dropping those things that are going to keep that client load, like your lead generation, is there something else that you're doing that you can either delegate out and pause or, you know, just completely drop altogether because it's no longer relevant to your business because you have gained that momentum. Sometimes we keep doing things that we've been doing because we've always done them. Mm-hmm. And even though our business has grown and shifted, we're still holding on to those, those tasks that no, we don't have to worry so much about. Um, so for example, one of the things I see a lot of coaches doing when they first get started is going into a lot of different Facebook groups where their ideal clients are and really having a lot of those conversations and being of service and being really helpful. Um, and that's a fantastic way to really kind of establish your authority and start, you know, making people aware of what you're doing and what you're known for. Mm-hmm. But once you have a steady stream of clients and you have another lead generation system in place, you don't necessarily maybe need to spend as much time in those Facebook groups when you've got a full client load. Oh, I agree. I think that those take up so much time. I never used that technique because I am an introvert and even going to Facebook groups and having those conversations about my business is like, uh, no, I need to find a different way. But I have students who come in and say they're, they're literally exhausted from doing all of those strategies because they think that it's their only way to get clients. And then once they do get one client and they still think that that's their only way, that's an exhausting way to bring in income into your business. Do you agree? A hundred percent. It's not my favorite way either, but I have a lot of people come to me that have worked with other business coaches in the past who have suggested this as their way to build. And so that's when I start to look at, okay, I'm a big fan of tracking data. I know it makes me a little mm-hmm. bit geeky, but I'm all about <laughs> I like, that. <laughs> I like to track the data to see where it is their leads are coming from. 
And so that's the first thing I ask them is, well, how many leads do you have coming through these Facebook groups that you're spending all of this time in? And, you know, usually it's one or maybe two, and they've spent months of mm -hmm. putting time into this strategy. And so then I'll ask them, okay, well, where are these other leads coming from? And that's, I mean, that's a great question for your coaches who are doing any kind of a discovery call or a breakthrough mm -hmm. session or whatever they call like their free call is to really find out how they found you. So it's like a nice icebreaker question when you're building rapport is to say, how did you come across me? Like, how did you, you know, get connected with me? And that's a great way to know, like, was it on a podcast episode they heard? Was it, you know, a lead magnet? Was it a Facebook ad? Was it a referral? A lot of times when you're just getting started, referrals are your number one um, source of business. And then mm -hmm. if that is your, your, your bread and butter, and that's where all the people are coming from, then you can actually spend that time doing some more, you know, relationship building online rather than, you know, blasting out Facebook groups with a bunch of different, you know, points and comments. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, totally. I think that's more of a CEO mindset too, because I don't think the CEOs of businesses are going into Facebook groups and doing those things. So it's like, how do you want to act three to five years from now? And is that going to be part of your marketing style? And it's more than likely not going to be. So I always say just act as if that person exists now and take it off your list. I, that's something that I, I, I live by. Um, does that kind of resonate with you? Absolutely. And so that's what the people that are coming to me that are at this point, that's what I'm trying to do is help them make that mindset shift of you're not a startup anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be as scrappy as you were when you first got started that we need to have this shift to, to, you know, thinking for future growth, you know, what is going to be, the thing that moves the needle in your business forward going going forward and that's probably not these tasks that you've been spending all of this time on um which is why i really try and push for that time assessment um mm -hmm. i get some pushback on that but it, it really does it, it gives that data that i'm looking for for them to see what tasks they can drop so that it's not their their predominant lead generation task so they can still make room in their week to serve their clients and build that referral network if that's their number one lead generator um, or, you know, perhaps it is doing trainings in other people's communities. And if that's their, their number one way that they're getting people opting into their lead magnet and on their list, then they can still set aside time each week to, for that outreach and that networking, um, without feeling overwhelmed by all of the other places they feel they need to post or interact at the same time. I love that. So I'm sure the next step after they kind of figure out what's working for them and they start kind of honing in on that a little bit more, what's, what's next for them? Do you recommend they hire somebody to help them do the other things or what's next? So again, it depends on where they're at in their business and hiring is a process. And a lot of people don't, um, think of the process that goes into hiring. They just, they get to that point where they're so stressed. They're like, I just need to hire somebody now. And they put a post mm -hmm. out on Facebook and they hire somebody. Mm -hmm. um, and what happens then is that becomes just as stressful as if you didn't have anybody in your business at all, because you haven't yes. prepared for that hire. You haven't put them, you know, in any kind of an onboarding of the, you know, the person you're going to bring on and they don't know what to do. They don't know your business. And then you're frustrated because you just want them to take things off your plate. And now you feel mm -hmm. like you're spending twice as much time. Um, and so while I'm a huge advocate of hiring people to delegate things, um, I also want people to realize that it, it is a process that you won't just be able to like, be like, oh my goodness, I'm stressed today. I need to hire somebody next week. Mm -hmm. um, because if you do that, you're going to add more, more stress and more frustration to your plate. So. Absolutely. I think having, that's why I always tell everyone 
document everything you do and make the workflows as you're going. So then when you do bring people on to help you, you can just refer them to the podcast workflow or whatever it is. And it's all done and it's so much easier. Um, that's made my life easier. I don't know if you recommend something else. No, my, my biggest thing, especially people who are time strapped is to document it as you're doing it. So it's not taking you any extra time. We have all kinds of fantastic technology. You've got loom and zoom and you know, all kinds of other things out there that you can literally just, as you're doing it, hit record and narrate what it is you're doing right? As if you're talking to somebody who doesn't know your business, just mm -hmm. saying click here and click here as you're doing it. So it's not really taking you any extra time. And then you've got that in a, in a vault saved somewhere so that the next part is when that person comes on to have them take that video and turn it into a written document. And then they can tell you, first of all, they're putting it into a form that they understand and, and can interpret, but they can also tell you where the holes are and what they're missing. And then you can just fill in those holes rather than explaining the whole process to them from start to finish or having to go in and walk them through it again. Mm -hmm. I love Loom so much. <laughs> and we use that a lot. If I think of something that I would like to hand off, then I'll just record a Loom and I'll say, you can create whatever workflow you get out of this. Like, here's what needs to happen. Here's how I do it. And you can make it your own. And I think that is, that's a huge step for me because I used to feel so controlling over my business because I think we all do because we created it from inside of our brain. And now it's an actual running, living, breathing thing. And to hand off those bits and pieces can feel a little scary. Um, so getting to that point for me was a huge step was you know, here's what you need to do, make it your own. And they might do it differently, but they probably will do it better than you. And we all have to be okay with that. Yes. Yeah. So that's one of the things I say is when you delegate, delegate the outcome, right? Or the result that you're wanting, not the specific task. Because if your outcome is a well-produced podcast episode or, you know, a blog post up on your blog formatted in a specific way, just delegate that outcome and how they go about doing it is fine. Let them do it their own way as long as that you get the outcome or the result that you want. And then they'll feel like they don't have to come to you with 800 little questions about, well, do you want this or that? Because you've, you've made them responsible for having the outcome be at a certain level, which is consistent with all of the other ones that they have examples for. And when you do that and you give them the freedom to do it, however they need to do it in the meantime, mm -hmm. then yeah, their process is going to probably be more efficient for them because they work differently than you do, right? A lot of you, the coaches are, they're my, you know, CEO minded, they're, they're visionary minded. And mm -hmm. the people that you're bringing in to support you don't necessarily have the same, I don't want to say mm. same ability, but they're, they're not the visionary mindset. Right. Right. And so they're more of an integrator. Yeah. They're going to do it differently than you are because they're, they're seeing things at a more detail oriented level than you might be as that visionary. Totally. And I think that that's such a huge thing to recognize that it doesn't mean there's something missing from you or them. We're just all wired differently. And I think it's so great to bring on people that can help you make things happen in such a, a probably more smooth way and uh, more effective. I want to kind of go back in, um, to where people are tracking their time. And I would love to hear what are some common ways that what are the biggest ways people are in quotes, wasting their time online. I'm sure you see like the huge common things. I'm guessing one in my head, but I would love to hear like, what's the biggest time waster your clients have? So there's, 
okay, there's two that are huge up there. The first one I'm going to say is probably not the one you're thinking. And it's in their inbox. They mm. are in their inbox all day long. And so what happens is when you go in your inbox and you have however many messages you have and you send a reply out to all those messages, guess what? They're going to email you back, <laughs> which means you're going to be back in that inbox replying again mm -hmm. <laughs> to whatever question they've had or something like that. So I think a lot of people spend too much time in their inbox and having it up and open all the time is a problem. Mm -hmm. So what I suggest to my clients is to have two two half hour components in your day set aside. And so I usually do one mid morning and one mid afternoon. And the, the reason I suggest mid morning is because then you can take the first couple hours of your day. So whenever that starts for you, right, you could be an early riser and your day starts at 6am or you can start mm -hmm. at, you know, nine o'clock in the morning is to spend the first two hours of your day doing the most important task for your business, which we can talk about in a moment and then jumping into your inbox. Because if you start your day in your inbox, like I said, people are going to reply and then mm -hmm. you're going to be spending your whole day reacting and replying to other people's questions or requests of you rather than doing the things that really you need to get done to move, to take your business growth to the next level. And then the second one that you're probably thinking is social media. Yeah. So they spend <laughs> a lot of time than they ever dreamed on social media, because again, it's either up on their desktop or it's up on their phone. Mm -hmm. um, and most of us work with our phones right beside us, even as we're on a computer. So now we've got multiple notifications coming through you know, on our, our desktops and on our phones, letting us know all of these things that we in our mind need to pay attention to. When again, it's that same situation of they're, they're distracting you from what it is that you need to be doing to, to hit your business goals and, and to really see the growth that you're looking to see in your business. So again, I recommend for me, I only do one, one time a day on social media. Um, I mean, I guess unless you're on Twitter, in which case that platform is really, really fast. Most coaches I see are on Facebook or Instagram mm -hmm. and to go on once a day and interact with people once a day is, is plenty. You're going to be getting your responses into the algorithm within a 24 hour mm -hmm. time period. And you know, all of those kinds of concerns. Mm -hmm. Um, but we make the mistake of, of being on there all the time. And if you, if you track that, that's when it really starts to get a little bit shocking as to how much it's slash embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, when I upgraded my iPhone, I think it was a couple of years ago now, and they had the, you know, the, the screen time um, mm -hmm. when they added to it. I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> are you kidding me? I really am on my phone that much throughout the day. It's just, it's eye-opening once you have that data in front of you. And then you can start mm -hmm. to make shifts and say, oh, I see why my coach is now telling me to only be on, mm -hmm. on you know, two platforms or to only be on a couple times a day or whatever the advice they're getting is. Totally. And I, I think we all, we're all not guilty, but we all like to spend time where it's kind of like a little bit easier instead of our inbox, like, oh, I'll just check my Facebook group or whatever. And I think that um, having designated times, like you said, is really important. And if you can't help yourself from checking your Facebook group, just take it off your phone then. So like for me, when I leave my office at three, nobody is going to expect me to respond to anything on Facebook until the next day because I don't have it on my phone and I'm not going to come and check in my office if there's anything that needs to happen at this very moment. And I think that's important. Like if you can't even like 
get away from it on your phone, then you have to delete it. Deleting your email off your phone, all of those things that for me was super helpful. Um, Instagram, I do like to spend way too much time on Instagram because I just love being there, I guess. But on weekends, I've been trying not to even go on it at all. And that has been such a huge game changer. And I remember when I first started my business, I remember thinking, when people talk about spending so much time in their inboxes, what does that even mean? Like, I would love to have an email come in. Like, I feel like I'm just sitting here with crickets chirping. And then once it does start to happen, like you're, you understand what that means by sitting in your inbox for a long time during the day. So I love how you suggest not going in it right away, but then waiting a couple of hours. Why, why is that? Cause for me, I would love to hear that. Cause that's the first thing that I go into besides having to respond to everybody or whatever. Um, what are some other reasons why we should kind of hold off on the inbox? What's more important than that? So it, again, it depends on what phase of business growth you're at, but usually it's building some kind of connection or creating some kind of content. So let's say you are a coach who is working one-on-one, -on -one, but you have this idea for a group coaching program or a workshop that you want to run for your clients all at once or, um, you know, an ebook that you want to put together for them or some kind of product or, you know, or online package that you want to create. Mm -hmm. Setting aside that time first thing in the morning to, to work on that is really important for, for a couple of reasons. One is you're training yourself to prioritize you and your business over everybody else. And this is a problem I see with so many coaches because they're in a service industry to serve other people and they just love helping other people, but we get to that point where we spend most of our time helping others and not paying attention to ourselves. And this is true for women in general, as well as we, we tend to overgive to others before taking care of ourselves. And then this carries over into our business. And so then we're wondering, why is my business not growing? Why am I not able to hit my revenue goals? Um, why am I never able to get my program launched when I see so many other coaches online doing this? And the reason is because we are prioritizing everybody else over ourselves. And so if we can train ourselves to start our day by doing something that's going to benefit our growth or our business growth, then we can start to shift that mindset long-term. And we start to actually see things changing and shifting in our business, which then continues that motivation to be able to take, you know, a, a little bit of our day um, to do that. It's, it's very similar to the concept of exercise where everyone tells you get up and exercise first, mm -hmm. because if you don't, and you say you're going to exercise at the end of the day, other things happen to get in the way. And then before you know it, your plan has to exercise has not happened. Mm -hmm. It's very similar in a business where you can say, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to work on my project for, you know, from one to two or from three to four, whatever that happens to be. And you get caught up working on something else or replying to an email or something in social media or, and then you don't actually get around to working on that project. Whereas if you start your day with that, then there's nothing that's disrupted you. And if you go into your email inbox first, then you're likely to get caught up on replying or responding to the requests in that inbox. And then again, you'll get derailed from actually working on that project. That is going to be something that is going to help you see either more lead generation or more revenue growth or, you know, a great relationship building piece. I love that advice. And I, 
am the queen of getting distracted. I get distracted so easily. So you're totally right. You can have something in your head that you need to do, or can even be in your project manager. Like we need to work on, we know this webinar and then you're in your inbox and then you're over here in la la land. And then you jump over here and you have no idea that you actually intended to do something else. It's completely wiped from your memory. So I think that that is such great advice and it's different than what so many people have said which attracts me to it even more because I like to listen to things that are different. And I'm going to definitely try that on Monday. I'm not opening my inbox until 8 a.m. or something like that. I think I'm going to try that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. And the other thing about this, when you open your inbox, even if you don't respond to the emails, now your brain is already thinking, oh my goodness, I have 17 emails or however many you have in your mm-hmm. inbox that I have to go through and respond to and categorize. So even if you just open it up, have a look and shut it down again, now your brain can't focus mm-hmm. on, you know, creating that webinar slide deck or whatever it is you're needing to do, because in the back of your mind now you're thinking, oh my goodness, I have those people to respond to. I need to power through this as quickly as I can, mm-hmm. rather than giving yourself the space to actually create quality content that you can be really excited to share with your audience. I love that. Okay. So what are your, your, how do you start your day? I think it's cool to see how everyone's life is, if you don't mind sharing. Yeah, no, I'm not an early morning person. And so my day starts at eight 30 in the morning when my previously, when my kids were in school, but um, <laughs> you know, everything's happening at home now. So I start my day where I use the start today journal and I go through and I list, you know, five things I'm grateful for. And then I list my 10 visions that I have, which helps me set my intention and remind myself of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I usually take about five minutes to do a visualization exercise or activity. And usually within that activity, it helps remind me of the things I need to focus on that week or that month, whatever, whatever comes during that visualization activity. And then I sit down to actually start working on that project. So I plan out, I mean, I, I plan a lot. I plan quarterly and then monthly and then weekly. And so I sit down on Sundays and I plan out my week. And so I've allotted what I'm going to be doing during the first two hours of my day at the beginning of the week. And so I'll sit down knowing ahead of time what it is I'm going to work on. And so after I've done my mindset work, I sit down for two hours and I work on that most important task. And so for me right now, it's creating content for my membership. And at the time that this is airing, it'll be creating content for um, a goal setting workshop to come out in January. Mm -hmm. And so I'll sit down and spend the time doing that. And then at 11 o'clock, I open up my email and I turn on Slack and I start to respond to whatever's going on in there in order of priority. And you'll know once you get into your inbox, what, what is really important and what isn't important. The other thing is I have everything filter into one Gmail inbox. Mm -hmm. And from there I have them all tagged and filtered so that they go into specific folders. And so anything that comes into my inbox gets immediately filtered into a couple of different folders. And then I can respond to the priority folder first and then other things will go into other folders. And so like there's things that I just like to read that I'm on other people's mailing lists or whatever, they go into a low priority folder and I don't always get to reading them every day. That's often what I'll do at the end of my day if I finish up a call and you know I've only got a you know 20 minutes or whatever before I have to um, deal with my kids, then I'll, that's when I'll start to go through some of those emails to wind down my day. Um, but they get put immediately into another folder so they don't distract me from everything else going on. I love that. You sound so organized and 
<laughs> my inbox would be a nightmare. I love that you tag and you probably use filters and all of that because that is so helpful when you do that. I think that is a priority for everyone to to make those tags happen and filters and folders because it does make such a difference, especially if you're just handling your inbox by yourself. That's that's so important. And then it sounds like you have such an intentional morning and you the you start out by being still and quiet and you do those mindset things and the and and create your visions in your mind so you can see what's going to happen in, in my business. What do I what do I want? I think that's so important. Do you have any planners that you use in specific that you'd like to share with everybody that you like that, that you really love? Um, I bounce back and forth between planners. I, so be, I, when I plan online quarterly, I use Asana mm -hmm. and then I break that down into what I'm going to do each month. And I just have these sheets I've ordered off Amazon. I'll have to see if I can find the name of them. Um, and I work through just like the monthly planning sheet. Mm -hmm. um, I now have just purchased the, um, what's called power sheets. And so yes. this year I'm working through power sheets and I'm finding them really helpful. So I probably will stick with that because they're, that's more my goal setting for each month. And then from there, I use my Google calendar. Um, I'm a big fan of overlaying different calendars in Google mm -hmm. calendar. And I, I don't know how many people are familiar with or comfortable doing that, but I have my main calendar that all my bookings go on. And then I have another calendar that is for promotions and marketing um, and then I have another calendar that is kind of set like team vacation time or what have you. And so I have a couple of different calendars and I have another calendar that I also have labeled my ideal week. And I overlay that at the beginning of the week as I'm planning out my week. And so then I toggle that one on and they're sitting side by side so that I can try and plan my week to line up with what my ideal week looks like. It doesn't happen every week. Sometimes I have calls at different times that are not my mm -hmm. ideal time slot. But for the most part, I try and shape my week to match that ideal week. And then I just toggle it off once I've planned my week so that I don't have, you know, such a busy calendar because that can be overwhelming as well. And so as I sit down to plan, I, I overlay my promotional calendar with my content marketing on there. Um, and then I'll toggle that off once I've planned my week as well. Amazing. You're just an organized dream. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I wish I was like her. <laughs> well, I mean, that's I one it. of the things I do with my clients, right? Is we'll sit down and when I book a VIP day with somebody, we sit down and we, we do a, a pre-work schedule, just like a lot of coaches do as well. And then I'll sit down with them and I'll say, okay, step one is to get organized. Like if, <laughs> if we can't get you organized and start to free up some space in your, in your mind and in your week, then we're not going to be able to carry out a lot of the other processes that need to be created um, mm -hmm. or the, the shifts that need to happen for you to start, you know, prioritizing whatever piece of growth is, is lacking. So um, I do, I'll spend about an hour to two hours with my clients, just getting them organized in when we sit down for our VIP days. <laughs> I love that. So good. Kristen, this is such a fun interview. Um, you have a free gift for all of the listeners and it sounds amazing. Would you like to explain to us what that is and how we can get it? Absolutely. So I put together a roadmap for business growth and it is specifically geared to people who are coaching or in the service provider, online service provider industry. And what it does is it helps you figure out a lot of us have these big visions, right? Especially now, like you're heading into the new year you're going to be dreaming about what your next year is going to look like, maybe, you know, three to five years down the road. And so what it helps us do is it helps us take that vision and break it down into what can we realistically accomplish in the next 12 to 18 months? 
So for a lot of us, 2021 is going to look very different than what we thought we were heading into with 2020, right? That kind of shook us all up. And so we're resetting our goals and we're resetting our visions for 2021. And it's, you know, we're looking at now realistically with all the other things we have on our plates, what can we accomplish in the next 12 to 18 months? And then we break that down into what are the big milestones of that 12 to 18 month goal? And how can we then work backwards to figure out what needs to happen each quarter, each month, and then each week. And so it's, the guide is about 15 pages to to kind of help you work through that and then help you see which are the key tasks that need to go into that. And then I've also created a video series off the back end of that, that walks through each step. So um, originally when I put that out there, people were like, oh my goodness, this is great, but it's just too much. And so what I did was I added the video series that helps walk them through one piece at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, over a, with a couple days break in between to work on that so that they can spend a, a couple of weeks putting together this plan in a way that's not so overwhelming for them. Well, this sounds like an amazing resource and we all need to go and grab that. We'll put the link in the show notes so you guys can get that. Um, Kristen, this was such an amazing time with you. I admire what you do. And I think that you sharing all these great tips with us is going to help us so much, especially as we go into the new year. So you guys go to Kristen's website. Kristen, do you want to share your website and your social links? And then we'll wrap it up. Sure. So my website is www.kristen.com westcottmedia.com and you can get the exact spelling of that in the show notes and you can find me on instagram at kristen.westcott and facebook at kristen westcott media amazing thank you so much kristen it was so good to have you on the show and i'm so grateful that you spent some time with us to share all of your good stuff well thank you and i hope everybody has a wonderful holiday and a happy new year thank you Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. I am so grateful for you and I want to be sure you are a part of my free community. Go to dreamclientcommunity.com and join our free Facebook group. We have all kinds of cool things happening every single day, so don't miss out. Also, if you love downloading freebies, check out my freebie vault on my website by going to lindsaymaloney.com, selecting freebie vault, and there you can download all the things that will help you start and scale your coaching business. And if you're feeling extra generous, be sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss the next episode. 